This is Weberized. I'm Margie Sturgeon, lover and fan of all things creative and persons who do creative things. And I'd like to introduce a guest on the Weberized Update podcast, Rebecca Birchfield, who goes by Keen Garrity and also wears many hats from podcasting to con planning and producer slash songwriter. Her album, Get Big, will debut soon this month, and already the title track is streaming, also called Get Big, wherever you like to listen to music. So, Rebecca, hi. Hi, Margie. I am so glad that you uh, had me on here, and I feel very, very privileged to be a guest. Well, I'm so excited to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. You know what? This is actually really a big deal for me because this is the first time that I've ever been, I don't know, like interviewed about music. Because like you said, I wear a lot of hats, yeah. including podcasts. So, you know, I'm I'm doing like editing and there's like my voice is on the Internet. A million hours worth of me talking about various garbage, but never anybody who was like talked to me about music before. So I'm super excited. So. So thank you. <laughs> it's certainly an honor and privilege. So thank you. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be here. Good. And like you said, your voice is on the Internet in so many ways already. How does it feel now to have it under the genre of music? I have had this I just like stewing for a really long time. And I know like a lot of us who are out there, you know, working our grown up jobs, but then having our creative pursuits on the t- side can really relate to this. Like you do maybe a lot of creative projects, but there's that one thing that you kind of just sit on and hold on to because it feels too precious and big to even look in the face, you know, like you might have no problem at all doing art on the side or like doing, you know, oh, I'm going to do this graphic novel. But then there's like one other little project that that you can't even speak of because it's like so precious to you. And that's what this is for me. So like I finally kicked my own butt into gear and made myself do that thing, which is music. And so it feels incredible and very weird. But I'm really, really super, super happy to be here talking about music. (laughs) Yay. And this album is called Get Big and you've got the title track out already. How would you describe it? So for the album, the word that I keep coming back to is storybookish. And that's because every song has a creature or scenario as a central metaphor. And then there's like a little story around each one of them. Right. So um, and and they're they're pretty kooky, too. Like you wouldn't know this by listening, hopefully. But there's one about a parasitic twin and there's a tulpa and there's a homunculus, like all of this stuff is on the album. But my goal is that no one would ever know, because even though it's very fanciful and like pretty obnoxiously high concept, if I'm being honest, I still hope that it's going to be fun and listenable to everybody. And so like all of these stories in some way, even they're like a little weird, a little wacky. They're all about flaring your ego out when you're faced with a situation that makes you feel insignificant. Oh, I love that. So, yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's about all the different ways that you've got to practice getting big when you feel small. And that's the, the title of the album and the title track that you've already released, Get Big. And for me personally, from what I've listened to it, I feel like it's a great anthem for this year. <laughs> like this year, we're gonna get big, right? 
Right. Yeah. And this is, I mean, and I don't want to even sound like, yes, this is the year that it meant it was meant to come out in. Like it was totally planned or anything like that. Cause also it's taken a whole lot longer than just this year to get it out. But I am glad that there's like a little bit of serendipity about maybe having like such a, such a thing come out in a year that's not been great for people. I really do want everybody to feel like whatever that pursuit is that you're doing, that you feel small. <laughs> well, you know, whether you're at work and you want to be able to barter for more money or you want to start the side hustle that you're dreaming of or whatever it is, I really do hope that we can all manage to scrape our egos together like the, the barest little kernels that we can come up with and then flare them out because that's really what you have to do. It's like a muscle that you have to flex. And it's really, really easy to feel insignificant, especially when we're all just shouting into the void and, you know, scrolling past videos on TikTok and just hoping to be ho hoping that people will pay attention for a minute. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's an important theme this year and always because I really love self mythology. You know, I like I like telling tall tales and making yourself be like a lot cooler than you are in real life. That's that's like the, the strength of music is you can make up stories where that's true. Oh, I love it so much. So the storytelling and the musicality, what would you say were the musical or creative inspirations for this? So I am a child of like 80s and 90s garbage culture. And I really, really get a lot of pleasure out of like plastic consumerist culture like that. that like that's a weird preface for where I'm going with this. But but, but I'm winding up here. No, like. Um, one of my favorite things in the whole world is theme songs. And some of my favorite composers in the world are people like uh, Jim Johnston of the WWE and Jimmy Hart, like who wrote classic wrestling theme song entrances. And then people like Vince DiCola, who wrote the score for like the original Transformers cartoon movie, like this weird composers who wind up writing these incredible theme songs that are both very, very silly, but then hint at something like serious on the other end of it. Right. And it's all like like a good theme song is really all about self mythology. Right. Because like it's just like. He's just a common man working hard with his hands. That's like Dusty Rhodes, The American Dream. That's Jim Johnston's WWE entrance song about him. Okay. You know, like, I mean, or even like, I'm not, or not talking about wrestling for a second, even though, <laughs> you know, let's talk about wrestling more later. No, but, um, but, but I mean, even think about something great like, uh, the really silly, but really awesome song that Queen did for Flash Gordon. Um, <gasps> yes. he's just okay. a man. With a man's courage, you know, he's nothing but a man. He could never fail. And it's so ridiculous. But then it, there's like an earnestness to it that like the silliness wouldn't sell if there wasn't something genuine in, in the heart of it. Yeah. And that's kind of like my thing that I really, really love. I love mixing the ridiculous with the profound. And I hope that like when I write music that I can do that, too, to some degree, because that's my favorite stuff in the world. Oh, that's great. So that's one of your hopes. Tell me more about your hopes for anyone who listens to this album. When it's all said and done, I know it's like a, it's it maybe a hard sell for someone who's not into pop rock or country music or anything like that. 
But I really do hope that there's something in, in one of these songs that makes a listener be like, yeah, like, yeah, I know what that that's about. I can relate to that. Like, I hope that someone will hear something as an insight or just a line that helps make life make a little more sense because <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> it, I mean, like, seriously, like, do you ever just kind of look around and just be like, what? I mean, not even in an existential way, but just like, what are we doing here? Like, what is even going on? Like, what? <laughs> Why did we all? <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, seriously, like, what, like, what, what did we all agree to here? Like, I am on a space rock hurtling through space. And like, what is going, like, what is any of this even? And so I, I feel like hopefully the function of art is to make that all make sense a little bit more. And I really do hope also that people can find like a little bit of catharsis in some of the songs, because even though I'm talking about it being pretty silly, there are some emotional moments. Definitely. And I really, I really, I really hope that that's something that um, people will, you know, have a, have a good cry. Cause sometimes, you know, sometimes you want to, sometimes you got to shed a tear. Mm-hmm. It'll make you feel in tune with the world. I don't know. No, I totally agree. You have to have that moment, you know, let it out. (laughs) Yeah, let it out. Let it out. Like when you start laughing and then you keep laughing for a little while and then at some point it turns into tears and you're like, okay, well, I guess it's just one of those days. So that's, (laughs) that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping my music can bring to people. Unhinged catharsis and a good laugh. Love it. Good laugh. Good, good music. Good times. So at the end of the day, how does it feel to have this out in the world finally? Like I was saying a little bit earlier, (laughs) uh, it really, it feels like there's just a weight off of me, like seriously. You know, a lot of us who have creative practices, and I know that for anyone who is in the podcast field, everybody's doing multiple creative gigs, right? Like nobody's just like, oh yes, I enjoy working for money and that's like that's my whole life right like we all have our creative things that we're doing and like you know sometimes you've got this thing inside you and you don't even know if it's good but once it starts knocking you can't ignore it anymore that that's like what it feels like it's like i finally like okay i'm gonna answer this knock for 20 stupid minutes at a time every day and I'm going to make a habit out of doing it and so like it feels just really really good to know that i committed to it and that i did it and I don't know, I hope that if there is something that's knocking at you, whoever's listening, just just try it for 20 minutes a day. And if I could give a little plug for like a book that is the most helpful book that I think everyone in the world should read, it's Atomic Habits by James Clear. And it's he's like a productivity bro, you know, that's like that genre, right? And it's just about making anything into a habit. And if you do that, like in a very granular way, you will eventually be able to accomplish whatever it is you set out to accomplish. And for those of us who have these little creative endeavors inside us that make us scared to even think about them, Atomic Habits is your way out and through it. So I wrote it down. <laughs> that's, yes, that's my plug for the productivity bro sector. So I hope they, so I hope they appreciate it. I'm sure people uh, will we'll look it up uh, later. But, it, but yeah, no, it feels, it feels really good. And now I just hope some people listen to it and like it. And that would really just make my whole year really a good start to the year, at least. 
Tell me more about like the process. Cause you mentioned you were working on this before even the year started. How long have you been going through this and, and putting it together? It's actually been a couple of years that I've been trying specifically to get this project off the ground. And the thing that I've had to keep doing is um, there's this like really helpful, but also very frustrating quote by Ira Glass that I'm sure everyone is familiar with, where he talks about how uh, you get frustrated early in your creative career because your taste is really highly calibrated, but like what you're coming out with just isn't quite there yet. And you have to just create this body of work and keep doing stuff until you know, your taste and your output are connected, basically. And so like, in this case, I had to spend a whole lot of time getting good at doing songs via the podcasts that I do. And so it actually started out with us doing a couple of silly theme songs and just learning recording software by doing podcast stuff. You know, you write the intro, you write the outro, like maybe we wrote some skits that had some little theme music in it. And just gradually getting better at using the recording and editing software and remembering how you're supposed to mic stuff and how to sing and perform into a mic and all of that stuff. So it's been like a couple of years of uh, <laughs> of experimentation. And, you know, I recorded a song and I'm like, that sounds pretty good, but it's still not there yet. And um, I just had to keep coming back to it until I could finally get um, an arrangement together that I, that I thought sounded good. And I thought it would never get there, but it did. So yeah. And it's just a little bit at a time, like again, an hour a day, 20 minutes a day over a couple of years, you'll be astounded at how much stuff you will see improvement in. So that that's been my method and I really, really stand by it and I will preach about it too. Nobody thinks a masterpiece can come out in 20 minutes a day. It can. I'm not calling this album a masterpiece. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying it's not not a masterpiece. I don't know. Yeah. What, it what, could be. You know, it's, it's not for me to say, but I'm just, but I'm just saying like <laughs> anything good can come out in like 20 minutes a day. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Make a point of it. So, and then another thing I kind of wanted to touch on is your musicality and your family history. Oh my gosh. Like, just tell me more. <laughs> well, okay, so this is this is another reason I think that it kind of took forever to, like, get music going for myself is because um, I do have a family with, like a, his, like, a historically musical background. And it's not like they were, like, ever huge or, like, a household name or anything like that. But um, my papa and great uncle did record a couple of singles for Capital Americana in the 50s. Um, as a guitar mandolin country duo, much like the Leuven brothers, except for they didn't hit it big like the the Leuven brothers, but they were the Birchfield brothers. And then, you know, my dad, when he was a kid, he was pushed into playing music and he played violin all over the local country scene in Knoxville, Tennessee, which is where I'm from. You know, he had a lot of opportunities come his way because he was like very talented. But of course, like with a lot of people who were pushed into it at an early age, he didn't care for all of the pressure and having to do it. So he kind of fell away from that later in his life. And he, he passed away many years ago. But it's been really, really cool because, you know, I like I know that I wasn't ever going to be a country guitar mandolin duo. <laughs> 
you know, but at the same time, when you have all of the music around you and like, you know, you've got your uncles and your cousins and they're all playing, you kind of wonder about like, well, where do I fit in in this whole thing? And it actually took a whole bunch of years for me to properly appreciate that background but like not try to capitalize on it in a gross and obnoxious way. Cause that's kind of a big thing too in country music. Like my daddy's daddy's daddy was, you know, so-and-so and let's go listen to George Jones. Cause da da da. And you know, like, like your legacy and your country authenticity is supposed to be a really big thing in country music. And so anyway, like when you're a kid and you're growing up around all that, you kind of ignore it. Cause you're like, like country music is stupid. I want to listen to, cooler stuff it's been like it's it's been like super fun at coming back and being able to appreciate all of that stuff sure but then not feel like it defines me because i'm a grown i'm grown (laughs) you know i've lived a life like i've done stuff and um it's fun to just kind of like know that that's there and then also um like i mentioned my dad passed away gosh it's been like 30 years ago at this point he died when i was a kid And this is like such a cool way to actually feel him with me still, you know, and I like I do some sometimes kind of kind of wish like, wow, I just, you know, I really wish that he would be around to hear it. But the coolest thing about having a parent who leaves you early is that, you know, if you want to just see them, just look in the mirror, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like that, that it's it's a really cool way, I think. To feel that history, to just kind of feel that being a part of me. And it's it's really, it's it's neat. Uh, but I'm obviously, like, I'm, okay, now I'm, like, getting tearful. But, like, <laughs> no, I'm not really precious about it normally. But, it, yeah, it, it is a cool thing. Definitely more meaningful for you and, and what it yeah. means. Yeah, I totally get it. Is there anything you want to add or um, that you just want to make sure people know? I just hope that anyone knows if they do listen to this record, I'm very, very happy that you do. And I really, really appreciate it because I think that, again, those of us who spend a lot of time in creative endeavors know how precious someone's attention is. (laughs) You know, it's not easy, you know, yeah, it's not easy to seize. It's not easy to hold. And like, I really do appreciate it. I hope that if, if you listen to this album, I hope that, you know, it gives you something in return. So, so please and thank you, I guess. <laughs> and if people want to buy it, where do they go? So if you are, a, if you're a streaming person, you can stream it anywhere you stream. So it's going to be on, it's Spotify, uh, Pandora. It's going to be on um, YouTube music, Amazon, all of that stuff. So you can stream it anywhere you stream. If you want to purchase if you like to, you know, if you're that kind of person, you want to purchase physical media, you can get an LP or CD pre-order at keengarity.com. You know, if, if you're that kind of person and you like physical media, because some of us do. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, uh, the two lead singles, Get Big and Broken One, on January 8th will both be available to download for free at keengarity.com. So you can just grab those if you're a person who likes to manage your musical library nice. files. Yeah. Yeah. Which some of us still are. (laughs) All right. Well, if people want to find you, where should they go? Where can they find you? I would love if you followed me on Spotify. So you can search Keen Garrity on Spotify and you can get alerted to all of my new releases. But if you're not a Spotify type of person, I am on social media. You can follow Facebook, which is Keen Garrity Music. 
or um, you can go to my personal Instagram, which is my music Instagram, which is everything at robot pageant. I don't know either, but go there. Please follow me. Go there, follow, listen, and enjoy. Easy. That's about it for this episode of Weberized Update Podcast. Rebecca, always a pleasure. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And uh, we'll chat more. 